Welcome to the Fantasy Affair. Hello, football lovers. It's me, Sean. Some of you know me as the Madman. And boy, oh boy, do we have a treat for everyone and ourselves here tonight. I am joined with a man, I can't even put into words what this man means to me in my life. Mr. Burke Holder Berkowitz, Mr. Burke Sauce, Mr. Burkonian is joining me here tonight for a premiere preview behind an enterprise, an experience that we will be having soon. We had originally planned to do this come the off season, but we just couldn't help ourselves. We love this game way too much to wait. And we had to join hands together and talk about football together in the premiere edition of The Locker Room, a new addition to the fantasyfair.com family of podcasts, a very special podcast that has been in our hearts for a while. And we're excited to bring it to you here today. I want to bring in Berkey just for a moment. And then we're going to get back to, uh, actually, you know what? Before I bring in Burke, I just want to uh, just fantasyaffair.com. Shout out to Maddie Daddy, our fearless lover. Um, check out the website. We got some new articles. We got the Sunday night recap with me and Berkey here. We got our Monday regular just uh, party fest with all the fellas and Brad and Berkey and Brian and the Maddie Daddy. Uh, we got our DFS pod with Burke and Brian on Fridays. We got the hot by happy hour with the good old Matty Daddy and Sam Gordon. And then marriage or mistress on Thursdays, I believe, with Brad and Andrew. We got a whole kind of stuff going on at Fantasy Affair, and this is the newest and coolest version of Fantasy Affairs. Now, those guys, I mean, these guys, it's going to be tough to listen to another pod after this. I can tell you that. Sorry, guys. You know what? Sorry. All right. On that note, I'm going to bring in my dearest buddy, Berkey. How's it feeling? How are you feeling there, bud? I'm feeling good, Sean. I'm feeling really good. Uh, we did the Sunday nightcap. We said it was a long time coming. This is the true bread and butter, though. Here we're going to break down uh, one specific topic. This one, I'll let you highlight all the things. I'm not the host. I'm just here as a, as a guest. But, man, I am ready to talk some football. Let's get it, buddy. Oh, yes. Let's get it, shall we? Um, so the, the real preface behind the locker room is we like me and Berkey like to dig in deep. We like to dig in and, uh, we really want to understand how things work, why things don't work. And, uh, we, I just suggested, you know what, let's talk about Tommy boy. I mean, what else is there to talk about besides Tommy boy when it comes down to the NFL right now? It's just, you got such a special situation. It's well known how deep my fanhood goes for Tommy boy. And this whole uh, first edition is going to be about what the freaking fuck is going on in Tampa Bay. Mr. Bruce Arians, Tom Brady, the, is there a quarrel? What's going on? Why isn't Tommy performing? And it's rough on my soul. And so what do I do when something's rough on my soul? I reach out to a friend and I reached out to Berkey. I'm like, you know what? Let's, uh, let's talk about Tommy. Like this is the guy that knows football. When I met Berkey, when we were playing the game, I, I took, we, we both, and we'll both uh, kind of play with each other's ding-dongs a little bit sometimes. 
And uh, he operated in such a way that I just, I was, I was captivated by Berkey's knowledge of the game. So he's one of the few guys I'll ever reach out to and say, hey, man, what's up with this situation? What is going on here? And you know what? Berkey's like, I'll dig in. It's like, it's like hiring a private detective. That's what you are. It's like hiring a private detective. And Berkey's like, I'll get to the bottom of this. And sure enough, we got a great show for you today just to break down what's going on in Tampa. Like, really, what is going on? So <clears throat> I want to start out. What are we starting out with, Tommy Boy? What, I, I, let's – we all know, and it's – well, I'm a little emotionally too involved here. And that's why I have a problem with this is I care deeply. It's tough. It's easy to be a fan of a shitty team, man. It really is. You know, you just – it's uh, my team's going to suck. Expectations are everything. And it's Tommy makes me feel about my other biggest fan who the San Antonio Spurs and the Spurs was great. And it's the same way as Brady. Like they all, they, they're awesome franchises and they won a lot of championships, but they also lost in championship games too. So you got the, you got the best and worst of it. And really the expectations of being in the playoff every year with Tom and the Spurs, it was that same. Oh man. Like it was, I was wrecked, wrecked. If those guys lost and if Tommy boy loses, so we got enough about how much I love Tom. That, that's, we, we could talk about that for years. Let's dig into the, the, the facts of the situation, the things we do know, not just about Tom, the, the uh, Greek god that he is. That's, that's a whole other story. So where do you want to start, Burke? Where are we starting I want, this? I want you to talk to me about Bruce Arians, all right? I want you to tell me. Tell me a little bit about the man, the myth, and the legends. And then when you get up to where he joined Arizona, I want to take over. So good old Brucey boy. Also, just going to give a shout out to my dead father. God bless his heart. Bruce David Pomeroy. What a man. The Bruce, the fucking moose. The nickname, the moose. My dad was a giant. Um, so Bruce Arians, he's been coaching for a long time. This guy was kind of destined to do it. So he was a quarterback in high school. This is a, a good story about Bruce, too, is his, uh, his career started as, uh, as a young man getting in trouble and getting expelled from school, uh, going to high school. And he had to go to another school, and all, he had a bunch of D1 contracts to be a quarterback. He was obviously a QB. Not obviously, but he was a QB. And uh, he lost all his contracts because he was a bad boy. Went out drinking, doing some things he wasn't supposed to be doing, hanging out with the wrong cats. And found himself in trouble. So one coach, like a lot of his life, it's so interesting how this stuff works. And you hear about it a lot of people. Sometimes you just have to meet the right person. And he met the right coach who gave him a chance. And then he ends up, and Bruce was like that too. That's a big, big thing about Bruce Arians. Is people that are, if you're close with him, he's got your back. Like Todd Bowles, it's crazy. When Bruce was really getting offers, like from Chicago and Arizona, he's like, I'm not doing it without Bowles. Not going. And he was a player for him back in the day when he got his first job at Temple. Um, so he went to Virginia Tech. Here's a fun fact about Bruce Arians. Berkey, who led the – who's the leading – what quarterback, what Virginia Tech quarterback has the most rushing touchdowns in a single season? Who would you think? Well, you immediately think Michael Vick, right? Of course. It's got to be Michael Vick, right? Nope. It's Bruce Arians. Fun fact. So he went to Virginia Tech. Was a, kind of a badass. Pretty good. Um, 
And then it's who gives a shit kind of what happens. He stopped playing. He got his first real, real job at uh, Temple, turned the whole program around, uh, was pretty damn successful and uh, basically changed the whole culture. He was in the, I don't remember, I think he went to the Chiefs, then he went to, oh, a huge part that I'm leaving out that formed who Bruce Arians is, is, is Mr. Bear Bryant from Alabama. He forged that man. He has a picture of that man sitting in his office for the last 30 years. That was when I think he was working for, uh, was it Temple or some, no, he was working for Mississippi State. I don't know. He got, he had, a coach told him, if you want to be a coach, uh, you better get a house on wheels because that's how it is being coached. And he had so many jobs, so th- different jobs that he went through. And his big break, he left the college making more money just to go to Alabama to be with Bryant. And um, yeah, he idolizes the fuck out of him. And why wouldn't you? The guy's a true, I mean, who knows? Maybe he was a wizard, but Bear Bryant seemed to be a pretty amazing at leading men to do things. So that's a huge influence on his life. And then he went to the Chiefs. Big thing is then he went to the Steelers. Uh, that's where a big and the Steelers and Colts are like the two teams you really need to talk about when you talk about Bruce Arians. And uh, he he uh, he's a Pittsburgh Steelers coach. He was a wide receivers coach to start out, won a Super Bowl as a wide receiver coach. Uh, Randall L was the MVP, I think it was. Crazy. Then he became the quarterback coach, Coach Big Ben. Well, did he coach the Colts before that? Help me out here, Berkey. No, man. He became the offensive coordinator of the Cleveland Browns, went to Pittsburgh, eventually ended up in the Colts, get a cup of coffee with Peyton Manning, and uh, put his Colts offense. First. Colts first. Give me a breakdown of the timeline for years, because it's all, it's all a haze because he had so many jobs. Give me a timeline of his jobs right now for me, if you got it. All right, man. He went to Virginia Tech. He was a graduating assistant. Went to Mississippi State. He was a wide receivers coach, running back coach at Mississippi State. And then he went to Alabama to be the running backs coach. Yeah, eventually – oh, sorry. Yeah, he eventually gets the job at Temple as a head coach. He moves on from that to go to the Kansas City Chiefs, again, to be a running backs coach. Goes back to college. Becomes a Mississippi State's offensive coordinators. Goes to New Orleans, tight ends coach. Back to Alabama, offensive coordinator. Ends up with the Colts, quarterbacks coach, Peyton Manning. Gets an offensive coordinator job at the Cleveland Browns. Moves on to the Pittsburgh Steelers, wide receiver coach. Like you said, won himself a Super Bowl. He ended up getting a promotion to be the offensive coordinator until 2011. Spent one year in Indy after that as an offensive coordinator and the interim head coach because they can, the guy in charge. That led directly into Arizona. His first head coaching job in the NFL. There you go, man. It's a lot. And the interesting thing, again, about Bruce is he's been around football his whole life, of course, and that's usually how it goes with uh, – any head coach in the NFL. It'd be kind of weird if, like, a guy came over, like, he didn't he didn't know much about football and just became a head coach. That would be fun. Uh, obviously, it's a big part of his life. He it didn't become a head coach until really late in his career. And why is that? That's what I really want to highlight here about Bruce. Is Brucey boy has got a, 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 a like, a lovely, candid, just fuck you, you fucking fuck. Uh, a fun story about Bruce is when he got interviewed for his Arizona Cardinals job, the owner – was just kind of laughed about it later and he still thinks it's funny to this day that he used he dropped three fuck bombs in a sentence and it was made perfect sense to him and he's like oh noun adjective subject i got it and he's just he's 
And there's actually a study done, and I believe in this shit because I'm an honest motherfucker. Okay, that's why I'm cursing. And it's sorry, we're in the locker room right now. If you can't take it, get out. Because we're breaking down the truth in here. So they actually a study done that more people that curse are actually a little bit more honest because they're just letting shit fly. And Bruce, that's his M.O. is why he didn't get a job until late in his career because it's Brucey's way or the highway. And if you're not on board, then uh, he's going to find and find some other person that believes in him. And that is the way he has done things. And anyone that's been around him knows that. And that was very highlighted through um, the, uh, the football life that I watched that we were talking about. It. And then other people that just talk about him. And so that's what you have about why this is so interesting. We got Tommy Boy coming in with this force. Like Bruce Arians is a force. Like what I've learned about the more I've dug into what's going on here. And uh, he's got this way of doing things. And you're – and he's going to, and I appreciate it as who I am, who kind of Bruce is as a guy. Cause I love that about the, uh, um, the, the candor it's fun, but I also respect the Belichick way. And it's so interesting that you got Tommy coming in here with the two polar opposites when it comes to dealing with the media. And I honestly don't even know if Belichick or, or an Arians are that much like they're, of course, they're hugely different, but I'm saying how they deal with the media is the most, polar opposite of who they are. Bruce, I mean, Belichick doesn't give you nothing, nothing. Blows the door in your face, and Bruce is out here just uh, giving them everything. So it's an interesting dynamic with Tommy Boy. So, I mean, there's there's much that I've, that I've already missed, but I think that highlights most of what we've kind of talked about Bruce and his career. There's There's so much to dig into. I mean, to not talk about the Colts and what he did with the Colts is crazy. Like, there's so much to cover with Bruce, but really what it comes down to is of how he is as a person and his record, and, and we're going to dig in more into Bruce. This whole show is literally what this is about, is his relationship with Tommy, but I think that's a good outline. We all know, is, and if you don't know, it's then what have you been – you haven't been watching football, what he did with the Colts and Mr. Uh, Pagano. And um, so, yeah, let's, let's move on to um, what's next. What is next? Yeah, no, let me highlight some things. So he was a uh, – first time he got paid, 1978. First time he got a head coaching job, 2013. A lot of that is due to his moxie, man, his candor, the way he speaks to people. The things that he identifies with Belichick and the Mike Tomlins is that he demands excellence, and he tries to portray it through his own life, okay? Uh, as far as the media, he is one of the most candid people ever, all right? He's, he's beat cancer. He had cancer in the colon – kidney in on his skin and beat it all. That's why he retired at Arizona. And, and he just shoots it from the hip, whether it's good, bad, or in between. He just deals with it later. He does not apologize. So when they asked him about the virus, are you going to coach? He said, hell yeah, I'm going to coach, man. I'm going to die one day. They said, well, how do you feel about your players being exposed? And his, his quote was literally, all of the players are going to get it. It's where they get it that matters. And, his, and the reference for that is where they get it matters because they don't get it playing football. And we get to play football. We all want to play football. And it was just like a head coach in the NFL just being like, look, dude, they're all going to get it. Let's move on. What kind of question is that? As he's so point blank. And uh, Sean's point is that all these quotes that are coming out, which I'll get to in a second here, all these quotes that are coming out, uh, he says they're, they're not criticism. They're, they're just honesty. Right? And so he's been doing that his whole year, uh, his, his whole life, his whole coaching career. In 1998, he was the quarterback coach for the Colts. That is Peyton Manning's rookie year. 
Okay, Peyton was bad. Peyton threw a lot of picks, and a lot of that is because of the offense, right? But he was there for two years, and he turned that thing around, and then he got another job. He goes on to Cleveland Browns, and he coaches with Bill. He's, he's with Bill, 2001. He's the coordinator there. Things struggled, so he goes to Pittsburgh, takes downgrades, wide receiver coach. They win a Super Bowl. He gets an upgrade. Offensive coordinator, does okay, 2007, 2011. I don't know if you remember, but Pittsburgh's been good for a long time, man. So we had Big Ben. So he's been known as the quarterback whisperer. You know, 2012, he takes a job with Colts, goes back home, and, and then gets his first head coaching job. And uh, this is where I come in. This is where my deep dive began, is, is how Arians is a head coach. And the first thing he did in 2013 is he traded for a 33-year-old Carson Palmer. Okay, two years in Oakland for Carson were horrifically bad. And his first seven games under Bruce, he threw 13 picks on 266 attempts. He's just throwing picks left and right. Not good. And Bruce was not nice. And then uh, the next four games, 1,146 yards, like 1,100 yards, eight TDs. His pass rating is 110. And Bruce's quote, absolutely turned around. He says, I think it was the total understanding of what we're doing. I think you can start to see it in practice. A lot fewer balls are hitting the ground in practice. And guys are talking and communicating, whether it be in the lunchroom or anything about football okay because even though it was good bad in between he united them all right palmer ended his first year with 24 touchdowns and two pick 22 picks and i want to highlight that because it wasn't a great year but it wasn't bad and we all know he had a lot of success in arizona he made david johnson a thing he made carson palmer's career come back larry fitzgerald is great right he made larry fitzgerald what he is today a lot of that is bruce arians all right and then he comes into tampa and he gets Jameis Winston, he didn't last long, right? We all know he threw 5,000 yards, 30 and 30, first 30 and 30 season, 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. It doesn't, to me, seem to be all Jameis. So let's get into those Tom Brady quotes here. All right, after week two, he's, he's talking about Tommy, and you expect him to be, you know, some just some sort of soft. Talking about the greatest player ever, the best player in your team without question. He said, look, he knows he didn't play well. All right. He looked like Tom Brady in practice all the time. So it's kind of unusual to see that in a ball game because they didn't do things that we did get ready for. Right. So he's pretty much throwing them under the bus. Look, it's Tom's fault. All right. They didn't do anything that we didn't prepare for. He wasn't able to hit his reads. Week nine. Right. They, they bring in Antonio Brown and Chris, uh, Chris Godwin. They throw the pick. Right. He says the one to Chris, Chris read the route properly. Top, top, uh, he's actually talking about Antonio. He quoted it wrong. But the one to Antonio, uh, he read the route properly, but Tom thought he was going deep. He stopped. Those are things that can happen sometimes when you're not doing it or when you're doing it on the run. So he throws him around the bus again. Why'd you throw a pick? Because Tom threw the wrong route, right? And then Mike Evanson's getting enough targets. He's straight up like, look, he didn't get targeted. That's all. Mike was open. So it's Tom's fault. And then fast forward into week 12, and this is the one we're going to highlight here when I get a little more into it. He says, look, we have Tom calling a lot of his own plays and picking his own on the sideline for the game plan. He said it on Tuesday. Look, I, I don't think it's a confidence problem whatsoever. I think it's a lack of trust and a lack of continuity within the offense. Right? It feels like a lot of really first-quarter stuff, catching up with their game plan versus us and adjusting to it because we were in very manageable third downs. They had blitz zero package that we didn't handle well the first couple of times, who was hot, who they were supposed to do, what kind of – ironed it out on the sideline and it led to another interception late when the ball went off a helmet, which is not his fault. It was all the same blitz. We just didn't correctly adjust. Tom was perfect on it. We didn't adjust to the right angle, the route for the zero blitz. Other than that, I thought when we adjusted, we played pretty well. And that's about as nice as Bruce Arians is going to get in a loss. 
Yeah, he's tough on my boy, man. That's been well documented. And I, like we just talked about it before we read these quotes. This is him. And I'm, I think that Tom Brady's fine with that. I think that the way Tom demands the same things from his players. And I was talking about how he loves Paul Bryant. You don't become good unless you are that way. You don't become, and I'm not saying good, you don't become great. And this is the thing about greatness and how hard it is to be a quarterback is what Bruce asks his quarterbacks to do is uh, what we, I want to highlight here next. And it's, it's really funny that I said, yeah, that's, that's Bruce's summary. And you, I left out like everything. I left out his career. Uh, I just gave you from the very beginning, but that's why we're a good pair here is this is Tom is learning one of the most, like it's one of the most different offenses you're going to find in the league. It's Bruce's little uh, uh, maniacal, just Madden offense, as you like to refer to it as. Yeah, I do. No biscuit, no biscuit, man. Let's do it. Fuck it. Let's biscuit, no biscuit. And um, so I'm so I just hate hearing it. I just hate hearing it. It actually, I like Bruce, but I hate hearing risk and no biscuit. But at the same time, I feel like I don't know if like Bruce has this dream of this offense. And it's like cool. Like as a fantasy football player, it's like awesome. You know, it's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's run the offense. It's just like Madden, like you're talking about your metaphor for it. Yeah, let's do it this way. This sounds cool. It's just fun. Nobody's doing this way. And that's what I want to dig in here too, is what's the difference? And uh, that's what you really got into is like breaking down this offense. And then, and the, the highlight is hot routes. We talk about it. When Tom makes his mistakes, it's all, it's again, it's a chemistry with that receiver. Like you said, they have options on each route. And unless you are in tune and knowing exactly what route and where they're supposed to be, it's everything. And when it's a complicated offense, as we've seen from the history of Bruce Arians quarterbacks, and the one, one thing before we move on now to Tom and Bruce, I wanted to highlight too, is the reason he didn't get his job back in Pittsburgh is because of this style of Ben was getting older and they didn't want him at risk anymore. It's like, Bruce, it's third and one, run it. He's like, no, fuck it, we're going deep. And we're doing double moves on third and one. That's Bruce, like that's his style. And he wants it this way. And it's like, can this work? Like, that's where we need to go into next. Can this, is this possible that Brady's going to click with this offense and do some special things coming forward? Yeah, man. Let's talk about what's going on. Okay. Let's throw out fantasy. Let's throw out box score. Let's talk about how we got here. All right. When a quarterback goes to the line, he's got his 5-0 lineman. Say they're in 11, 11 personnel. He's got three wide receivers, tight end, running back behind him. He goes to the, he goes to the O-lineman. He identifies the mic. That would be the middle of the defense. It's usually the middle linebacker. It could be the left or the right, depending on what blitz package he thinks is coming. Then he tells his own line who to block. Okay? Are, we, are they blitzing left? So we shift left and I roll right. So first you identify who the mic is and what uh, is coming at you. Who is blitzing? So say you got five linemen and, and they're going to they're gonna rush four. So you can double one guy and you can send everybody else out. They're going to rush five. You're going to need to keep somebody in, whether that's a tight end trying to chip off somebody or the running back staying in to pick up somebody. If they bring six or more, you're in trouble, right? This is where hot routes come in. Hot routes. Okay. Hot, hot routes. routes. So before you even identify the coverage, first you have to identify who is actually blitzing and from what angle and set up your blocks. Now, Tom's had a tough time with this. 
because his off- offensive line is constantly in flux, as is his receiving core. Mike Evans is there, then he's banged up. Chris Godwin's there, then he's banged up. Ricky, yeah. real quick, like you're, you're right on point. I want to add in onto this point. Is a transition from New England to Tampa Bay. Like this, this offense is built around hot routes. New England was just built around protection. Like they would find the right protection for the play. So Tom didn't have to still go to his re like where he wanted to go. Nothing had to change. They just changed the protection. And this offense is all about those hot routes. So continue on there. Sure. Yeah. And that's what I'm trying to say is that it's a, it's what kind of hot route it is. Like you said, in new England, uh, their hot routes are protection based. You want to get it out quick. You want to take what's available. You want to take what's there. Well, Bruce is a no risk at no biscuit. Everything's a double move. Everybody's route has multiple routes in it. He could run a deep post. He could run a go. He could run a stop. He could run a back shoulder uh, on every single play. And so when most teams go to a hot route, they're trying to get the ball out of the guy's hand. That's usually the soccer could be a running back in the flat, right? Uh, or a tight end. And when Bruce does it, he's looking for who's hot. That's how he calls it. Who's hot. And it's usually the guy on the outside. So when Tom has to go to a hot route, instead of dumping it off to the guy that's going to quickly get open and get the ball out of his hand so he can break a tackle and pick up what's there, he has to take a shot. He has to. Because the hot route is to send, instead of the tight end going up and out, he's going deep down the seam. Instead of the slot guy going on a slant, he's going a deep post. And the two outside guys are either doing comebackers or go routes, which is why you see so many passes overthrow well, you got Gronkowski at the tight end when it was OJ Howard it was okay because he could get up and Gronk could stay in for protection but when it's Gronk it takes him a second to get there right so that's why you see him pushing it over the top and when it's Scotty Miller on the outside and it's not Godwin and Mike Evans all the time Scotty's getting a lot of time and he's got to force it to that side because the safety pinches over to Mike Evans because of course you would uh you see some some 50-50 balls lost there and you see some picks and Tom has to take pressure, regardless of whether he reads everything perfectly or not. And he sets the line, he he identifies the mic, he's got everybody set. Somebody's going to hit him because he can't get it out quick enough because he has to stand in there because the coach wants to go no brisket, no biscuit. Okay? So that's the difference between last year and this year. Uh, As far as personnel, he had James White. Now he has Leonard Fournette. Stonehands, he can't catch. Right? <laughs> he had he had OJ he had uh let's see he's always got his little Wes Welker in the in the in the slot well it's usually Chris Godwin when he's hurt it's it's Justin Watson he's not going to get it done okay and when he had Gronk as his tight end that he could keep in to chip the uh the outside pass rush and then cut out it worked because OJ can get down the seam but when our when um Gronk has to get down the seam it's Cameron Brait chipping and getting out which is why if you pay attention. Cameron Bray is getting more and more targets and more and more love. He's not fantasy relevant, but in the real NFL, he's going to catch three, four, five passes in any given game because he's the only one that Tom can get it to. And so if Tom decides to go against the philosophy and not chuck it deep, he's got to give it to Fournette and Cameron Bray, and that's not getting it done. And when he goes deep, okay, he generally has banged up Mike Evans or Scotty Miller or Gronk who's a little slow, and so things are a little bit off. And he also can't practice with them. And to compound that, his offensive line is always hurt. The center just had to, he was just forced into retirement, which means he has to put the left guard back at center. And when the season started, Tom said he was going to go to more of an athletic stance, right? He was going to change his stance. That's because the, the center can't get him the ball on the shotgun. He has no idea where it's going, right? Uh, three of his offensive linemen for this week on the bye week are all banged up and can't practice with him. So continuity is not there, which is why that week 12, um, 
quote is so so accurate because things are improving. It's just that he doesn't have confidence because no one can catch and his weapons are banged up. And so they bring in Gronk early, then they bring in Fournette. So the first game kind of trashed. The second game, they get more involved. Uh, there's a couple of plays I want to highlight there. In the first game, Mike Evans does a stop route instead of a go route to pick. In the second game, uh, if you want to look it up on Game Pass or any way you review it, with seven minutes in the first quarter in week two, Mike Evans doesn't stop his route and he continues a deep post and it's a huge play. Okay, and then you get Ronald Jones out of there and put, you put Leonard Fournette in there. And with three minutes and 50 seconds left in the second quarter, uh, Fournette, instead of being in the – because he can't pick up a, a blitz, he sends him out to the slot to try and move that linebacker out. Well, the linebacker goes all the way out. So he run, has him run an up and in. Everybody would have him run an up and in. You get in, you get in front of the linebacker, you catch the ball, you fall in the end zone. But Bruce <laughs> has him run a double move. So he has to go up and out, stop on a dime, and come back. Tom still completes the pass, but he gets tackled at the one because he's asking his weapons to do more than they have been asked to do before. All right, so you got the hot routes are different because they're not protection based. They're all shots, right? His offensive line is in flux. His weapons are in flux. So well, now becomes. Helps. Go ahead. This helps. This is where I. This is what this is all about, man. I, it's easier to accept things because I'm. I'm no. It's harder on Tom than me, and I can't. It's easier to accept things when I understand them. And that's what this is about. And you're, and you're breaking it down. I don't want – the last thing I want this to be about – let's get this straight right now. I'm not going to make excuses for Tom ever. It's the one thing I'm not going to do here, all right? So not, none of this is about. It's just the reality of what's going on. Again, they're beat up. It's a whole new, uh, whole new thing to learn. And um, they, they've lost to good teams lately. And – it is again the, the the level of difficulty that we're going on here, um, and with I'm I'm getting lost here. Help me out, Jesus. Okay, so let me get to it. So we know that it's a difficult situation. We know that a lot of people throw interceptions in this offense because that's the kind of offense it is. He wants a touchdown or a long punt, and a long punt is just a long pick where he's attacking the sideline. All right. So can Tom Brady run this offense? Everything's in flux. Offensive lines bagged up. Gronk is his new number one tight end. Cameron Brate's the backup. Can he actually do it? So let's look back to 2019. Tom's looking old in 2019, all right? Yeah, he's struggling a little bit, a little bit. And uh, when I dig into the stats here and I look at pro football focus and I look at next-gen stats, uh, the average uh, uh, completion or the average yards per attempt was 6.6. That's the lowest since 2002, which is his second year as a starter. All right. And when you look into, can he throw the deep ball? Cause that's all Bruce wants. Uh, Tom Brady actually ranked fourth on the season. Okay. He was supposed to complete 31.59%. All right. Or 31.4%, but he actually completed 38.9%. So when you look at the difference between, 31.4, 38.9, that's seven and some change. And when you break that down on what he was actually supposed – what he actually completed and the percentage of throws that were uh, completable, which are, takes away throwaways and, and takes away where, you know, where he throws it out of bounds and stuff like that of more than 20 yards downfield, there's only three quarterbacks that did better. And that's Dak and Mahomes and Russell Wilson. And I don't think anybody thinks Tom Brady would be fourth on that list on deep ball percentage 
uh, completion percentage in 2019 when he had like no weapons. He was begging it, it, for Josh Gordon. He had one game with Antonio Brown. He didn't have Gronk. He's so maybe how to... narratives uh, narratives take over, man. It, it drives me nuts how like that's when it gets me the most angry, and I just gotta talk. <laughs> is when a narrative is driven about a certain player that's completely wrong. It's completely wrong, and yet people just jump on that like. It, and this is the thing, too. It's, it was even reinforced recently. Like, he was 0 for 20, like, coming into this game on his last deep balls. Like, first of all, the level of preciseness and accuracy needed to complete and make these things happen is high. It's like a major league pitcher, too. Like, I love comparing quarterbacks and pitchers. I think it's very similar. The way they control the outcome of a game, they can just dominate it. And they get in the zone. When you get in the zone, too, you go in and out of it. Even Patty, the best we've ever seen, and we're talking about Tom, the best we've ever seen, you can't always be hot. He was four for seven in the last game on, on deep balls. So, yeah, you turned it yeah. around. You have a yeah, bad let me get to that. You have a so bad we know, we know 2019 was much better than people actually expected. So, let's look at 2020 because here he is. Weeks one to seven uh, is expected completion percentage of passes more than 20 yards downfield. That means 20 yards air. That's not throwing it five yards and the guy takes off. It's 35.9. It's right around 36%. Two touchdowns, no picks. 101.2 passer rating. Mike Evans is healthy. Chris Godwin's there. Uh, when, when Chris Godwin goes down, Gronk takes over. Okay, weeks 8 through 11, they face some stiff top competition. He's 0 for 19, three picks. Serious, he has no completion, so his passer rating is zero. Then let's look at last week, week 12. Week 12, which is why this quote, let me do this quote one more time. It really felt like first quarter stuff, catching up with their game plan versus us and adjusting to it. Okay, we were in very manageable third downs. What he's saying is his hot routes, Tom was getting the hot routes right. They had blitz zero package, and we didn't handle the first couple of times, which is why they fell down so so fast, and they went three and out, like three out of their first four drives. All right. But who was hot and who they were supposed to go to, Tom had right. Quote, kind of ironed it out on the sideline. It led to another interception late when the ball was passed off a helmet. It was the same blitz. We just didn't correctly adjust. Tom was perfect on it, and we didn't adjust to the right angle of the route for the zero blitz. What he's saying is when that ball bounced off that helmet, Godwin was supposed to do an up and out. He didn't get to the sticks, okay? So Tom throws it over his head. Right when he goes to throw it over his head, and a defensive lineman stands up and it bounces off his head and it's a pick. That's not on Tom. Tom did everything right. And if you noticed in the last game against the Chiefs, uh, Gronk got loose, right? And one of the things I highlighted in the DFS when when we were talking about playing Gronk or not was uh, Tyron Matthew. All right, because he's mm-hmm. going to be the one on Gronk. He's not big enough, but he's fast as hell. So can Gronk get to the seam? Well. If Brady is able to correctly identify the hot route, normally Gronk stays in. Because he's struggling and his weapons are struggling, he's sending Gronk straight down that seam. Okay? And so Rob finishes with uh, – Yeah, he led. Seven targets, six catches, a buck 06. His long was 48. Rob Gronkowski had a 48-yard reception in this game. Because he is sending him – down the scene he's learning the offense the offensive line is able to adjust because we're in week 12 now and yes they're losing kansas city is running different um schemes because they're winning by so much you would expect but due to the quote they ran the exact same zero blitz 
which means they brought the exact same heat as they were in the first quarter because they didn't want to give them a chance to come in. Tampa Bay won the fourth quarter 14-0 to because of this, because he's able to adjust. Now, when we look back to 2019, he was fourth in deep ball completion percentage. When we look at weeks one to seven, he ranks top five. Eight to 11 was rough, but if you look, there's all these offensive line changes. Uh, Leonard Fournette can't catch, so he's always in third and long. Let me get there, buddy. And when you look at the future and the rest of the season, if he's able to identify, which he has been doing the whole season, and actually hit the guys in time, and the guys are running the right routes, he should be fine. They face the Vikings, the Falcons, the Lions, the Falcons. Okay? I don't expect them to struggle against any of those teams. So the last question on here is playoff bound. Are they going to be playoff bound? And it looks to me, yeah, I think they'll win all of them, man. I think they'll win all four of those games. So, yeah. So there's a lot going on here. There's a lot going on here. Go ahead. You're you're giving me – I mean, there's hope, right? And that's what – this is so interesting and why I wanted to talk about this too is it's – I'm on the edge of my seat for the outcome of this. And I think a lot of other people are too. It's just fascinating. And it's so fun in our lives. We only get to experience greatness so often. That's why I'm so intrigued is can, it's possible that Tom gets it together. It's, it's possible. Is it likely? I don't know. We've talked a lot about how difficult things are on him in this situation. It's incredibly likely. Let's just throw that out. Let's go back to Carson Palmer's first year coming off Oakland. He trades for him first year as a head coach. 24 touchdowns, 22 picks. About two-thirds of the way through, he gives him a nice quote. He says he's really starting to learn things. Balls aren't dropping in practice. He's really picking up the offense. Okay, the next year was cut short. He only played six games. The year after that, 35 touchdowns, 11 picks. That is the most touchdowns that Carson Palmer has ever thrown in his career. Okay, and he's 36 years old. And Carson is not Tom, right? He doesn't have that kind of pedigree. He doesn't, he's not the greatest. So if there's anyone that can make Bruce Arians' offense work, it's going to be Tom. I don't think they're going to win a Super Bowl because Madden offenses don't work. At a certain point, you need to just hold on to the ball. And with that defense, he should just get over himself. Bruce won't. They're going to keep chucking it deep. Tom's going to keep trying. Gronk's going to stay. Antonio's going to stay. Evans is there. Godwin's the wild card. Um, But I think he figures it out through the end of the year. And I don't think it's his fault. You won't make excuses for him. I wrote down literally every game from weeks two to two to eleven, and it was going to break him down. But go ahead, Sean. It's interesting. I just started thinking about the fantasy implications too, because I'm I'm thinking to myself, you know, what, Tom. It's just both these guys are great. They're going to score points. Like when it comes to fantasy, they're going to score points. And whether it's just a matter of, and to me, this is the only thing in football I care about more than fantasy points is Tom winning. And so I'm interested to see. I don't even know. If you told me, could I win my home league or Tom Brady wins another Super Bowl as a Bucks? I choose Tom Brady winning over that money. That's how badly I want Uncle Tommy to bring another one home. I don't think a Super Bowl is possible, but at the same time, I do. Because it's Tom freaking Brady. And uh, I'm going to hold on to that hope until that hope is no more. And it's not an easy life. It's not easy loving people. I think we dug in uh, where we wanted to dig. See, it's about digging, fellas. And that's what you're going to get here on the locker room with me and Mr. Berkowitz. It's all about digging in. And that's what I'm going to highlight here. My bozo ass 
and my uh, rudimentary understanding of this game is going to be uh, on display as well as Bernie's Bernie. I'm going to call you Bernie from now on. You're, you're now officially Bernie. Bernie is going to break down the football X's and O's, and we're going to put it all together and package it up nicely and put it inside your eardrums on a uh, weekly, if not multi-weekly basis coming with the locker room. So who knows when the next one's coming out. This is our little preview action that we got going for you. A little taste of a little taste of what's behind the curtain. I'm combining metaphors over here. I don't know. I think I'm getting I think I'm getting a little mixed up. How you how you feeling after this first round here, Burke? I don't like it. You don't like it? I don't, man. I feel like it was uh feel like it was scatterbrained. Let me just talk about his offense real quick in a streamline. Bruce Arians, when he calls a hot route, wants to attack the seams. So instead of taking what's given, he goes deep. These plays take time to develop. Tom Brady does not have the legs to roll out of the pocket. His offensive line has been in flux and isn't able to hold up, and his weapons aren't the same from week to week. Okay, As continuity grows, which you'd have to expect next season, and as this season continues, it's going to get way, way, way better. Like, scary better. If they had OTAs, I think it would be scary better because they'd be able to play against live coverage and they wouldn't have to worry about Marion Mass and all that stuff. All right? And when Mo, and, and in New England, when he was doing all these checkdowns, he was still number four on the deep ball. So the man has got it. He knows what he's doing. He's picking up the blitzes. He's reading the coverages. He's telling everybody what to do. His problem is the personnel around him is struggling to pick up the offense just like him. Leonard Fournette, brand new. Ronald Jones, not a, not a world beater. Gronkowski, coming out of retirement. Antonio Brown, who lives with him, is coming out of his own little <laughs> mini retirement because he retired himself. Mike Evans, <laughs> Mike Evans has a high ankle sprain, okay, and can't move, and he's never really been the kind of guy that can create enough separation for time to be comfortable, so he's taking the 50-50 balls. If he doesn't go and he stops, or he's, if he goes when he's supposed to stop, it's going to be a pick. It's going to be a pick. Okay, and Scotty Miller on the outside, who's had huge games, huge games. You replace him with a real name. You put Antonio out there and Godwin in the slot, look out, all right? So there are, there are brighter pastures on the, on the horizon, my friend, and I think it's going to work out well. These aren't excuses. The bottom line is the Bucks are, what, like 7-5, and five, coming off a bye, looking for the playoffs. They're not going to get a first-round bye. It's going to be interesting to see him play on the road, but if you ever want to see Brady – Brady Franny, if we want to see him play on the road, there's no fans. There's no, there's no crowd noise. It's going to be fine. He's got enough weapons, and uh, he's got a coach that knows how to attack, and he's got a defense that creates turnovers. So I'm all in. I think Tom Brady, Austin Eckler, Chris Carson are going to win me a title this year. Ooh, uh, I'm going to sleep well tonight, Berkey. That was, a, that was a nice way to package everything up for me. And this is why – this is it, man. This – this is what we're highlighting here. Your dedication is unparamounted, is unprecedented. I'll tell you what. You're just like, no, no, no. It's not good enough. I need to do it again, coach. And it's like, fine, dude. Okay, fine. If you want to do it again, do it again. And that's why I love you, Burke. Because I, I want to believe. I want to believe. And I, I've noticed as I've dug into and I felt like I knew kind of an outline picture. I had kind of like a fuzzy version. I'm like, okay, I, I knew I'm smart. I'm a smart guy sometimes. And the coming in, this was not going to be easy. This is not easy. This is uh, like unlike most offenses ever in the NFL. And it's going to be difficult. And you, you've outlined perfectly all the difficulties he's facing. But like you said, I don't 
It's just what's happening. This is what it's about. It's not about excuses. I don't believe in those excuses. The excuses will get you nowhere. That's right. It's no. how we get to that box. We play a box score game, but identifying how we get to that box score is the key to victory in, in dynasties, especially, but also in season longs. When to attack, when to trade for somebody. When they're struggling, why are they struggling? What's going on? Injury is the easiest thing to look at, but if you look at scheme, coordinators, play call, you know, I can get all into routes run versus an actual route run and all that stuff another time. But well, that, this uh, if is, anybody wants those tape breakdowns, because I've watched like every Tampa Bay t- game in the last two days and wrote down all these little signals, hit me up on Twitter, at Eric Burkholder6 on Twitter, and I'll give them all to you. Berkey loves this stuff more than anybody. Hit him up. If you're, if you're smart and you want to learn about football, you hit up Mr. Burkett. There's a reason I'm not on Twitter is because it's just a pointless if Berkey's on there. It's like I would just point you to Berkey. I got nothing good to say. I just ask. I get to ask Berkey in person, the man to man, my questions, because uh, I'm special. You guys got to ask him on Twitter. Maybe, maybe if you're lucky one day, you can talk to Berkey too. Who knows if you're special like me? Um, yeah, dude, this is. Uh, we're gonna. The fun thing about the locker room, ladies and gentlemen, is we go in again. It's all like I preface it too about digging. And in, in the bluntness and honesty, it's funny that our first episode is talking about Bruce Arians because we both got to bring that to the table too, is bringing what we know and we're really going to dig into dynasty strategy. And, and we're going to tie it in together to actual football. It's not gonna, just going to be about, um, the, again, the box scores, the points, and who you have, oh, I'm high on this guy, I'm low on this guy. No, we're going to tell you deeply. And we, and both of the teams that we built for ourselves this year, you're dominating in dynasty too because we had strategies and we had guys, and we went out and got those guys. And how to attack the game. We both love playing the game. We love football, but we love playing the game too. And it's, it, you can combine the two. And that's what we hope to do, to bring your uh, – we're not, we're not going to be just like any other podcast. I can promise you that much. Yeah, you don't want to just watch the box scores. You want to watch the game. When you watch the game, you watch the X's and O's. Okay? If you need to learn how to identify – what play they're in, what package they're in, just Google it. Look it up. Take the time. Do the research. The biggest advantage you can ever have over your opponent is to actually watch the game. Period. Well, that's what I got you for. I don't need to know the packages. I just ask you. Uh, what I do. <laughs> that's great. Hey, about that, about that talking to me, man. Maddie Daddy set up these live videos. We're going to go live a few times a week. Uh, especially in the off season, I'll be live. Uh, if you have any questions, send them our way and we'll answer them live on the show. It'll be a great way to connect with the listeners, a great way to view you with some of our info. And it's not all about the stats. It's all about the X's and O's here on the locker room. Yeah, buddy. Send us off, bud. Just another, uh, just another step in the fantasy affair. We got quite an enterprise going on here, folks. You really got to check us out. Got so much to offer. Check out the website. Uh, check out all our new pods on Spotify, Google, anywhere you get your podcasts. You could find the Fantasy Affair. Just type in Fantasy Affair, uh, Fantasy Affair Football, and we'll pop right up there in your podcast. And we got millions. You always definitely want to check out uh, um, our Mondays. I mean, all of them are good. Just, just, just click on one of them there. And uh, check out the website. Come and see us. You can't find me because, again, I'm at – he's a madman but leave a review we really appreciate reviews they help us a ton Uh, they're going to help us get sponsors they're going to help us grow and it lets us know what we need to focus on doesn't have to be a positive review but we like those the most clearly 
Yeah, dude, give me a one star. Call me a dick. It's fine. It's cool too. But uh, no, we don't want those. I already just, did that. So you already got that locked in, buddy. Well, here we are, signing off. I'm I'm gloriously happy and gloriously sad at the same time because I don't want to stop talking, my friend. But until next time, signing off for the fantasy right, and the locker room. The locker room Peace. is born, my friends. <laughs>